What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you for tuning in, as always. This week on the show, we have a fresh-faced individual named Jelani Arie. I guess I would qualify him as sort of just a modern pop act. There's a touch of rap, but it's mostly singing. I feel like people will mislabel him as a rapper, but I would say he's more of a pop singer, personally. But who knows? Genres, they don't fucking matter at this point. He's young. He's 19, right? And that got me thinking about what I was going to talk about in the intro, because the longer I do this, the older I get. I'm obviously getting older and older. I talk about that a lot. I'm sorry for those of you that listen to the interviews. I know that that is probably fucking annoying that I mention it. It is a character flaw that I have in mentioning that. Self-deprecation is a way that I try to create rapport with people, you know, when having a conversation with someone who you've never met and likely might never see again. Small talk is an important part. And so sometimes I make fun of my age in a redundant manner because there are patterns of conversation that work to break through and create trust. And so for you, the listener, I know that's probably annoying or predictable, but it is a proven technique that works for me to get stuff out of people, right? That said, as I interview these cats that are, they stay, they do stay the same age, like in their late teens to mid twenties, They feel younger and younger to me, right? Like today I'm talking to a dude whose influences are, to me, still like brand new acts that are, you know, that are like still on their way up, I guess. You know, one of, he tells a story, an anecdote about Brockhampton and I'm like, Brockhampton is so new still. And and so I guess what I'm saying is I'm trying to figure out how to talk to people that where I'm like their parents age because I never foresaw that happening when I started doing these podcasts you know when I started with Noxteady back in 2011 you know I was still in my 20s very fucking late 20s mind you but that's fine but you know and I was like I didn't look at myself as like oh I'm starting a new career as a fucking interviewer and a podcaster I was like oh this is something to fill time while I'm between albums because I'm releasing records right and now 10 years later I feel very much like this is the thing I didn't realize that I had or while you're doing it you don't realize that you're creating your lane right your lane just kind of like appears while you're doing the work. While I was working on getting better at doing the interviews, making music fell to the background. And, you know, like I've said a million times, making music was never the thing that ever paid my bills. It was always a supplemental income. But I still feel in my heart of hearts as though broken down to brass tacks, I am a musician, right? And that is like the thing that makes me feel so comfortable in talking to these musicians. But now that I'm aged out of it, they're not sitting in that chair looking at me going like, oh yeah, this is one of my peers. They're looking at me like, this is an old dude that's interviewing me, which is so wild to me. This is just me being trying to be super self-aware and just trying to like jump in front of it as I continue to try and grow at this thing that I'm doing, right? Because I want you as the listener to feel like Lee's trying. (laughs) Lee's trying, you know? That's the thing is I don't want you guys to ever feel like, man, he's fucking, why is this the guy talking to these guys? Well, the reason that I'm the dude talking to him is because I did all this work for the last 10 years. And so now people trust this thing that I've created. And sometimes I sit down with a kindred spirit and sometimes I'm like way out of my element. And that's none of that applies to today's conversation. I think Jelani and I had a fantastic conversation. I just am saying like, it's wild for me to be like, oh yeah, I'm the same age as your parents to the person that I'm talking to. That's so crazy for me, but also dope, I guess. So my self-awareness about the fact that what I'm, what I am trying to do in like getting artists to open up, I reflect and think on the fact that I need need to be like a trustworthy character to them to open up to. And I, you know, justifiably wonder about 
the future as I move forward doing it and do keep getting older. Like, what happens when I'm a fucking 50-year-old talking to a 19-year-old? Like, what, at that point, what middle ground do we have? You know what I'm saying? And I worry about that kind of shit. Yeah, so I guess, I don't know, I don't want this to sound like a pity party, but I, I do a lot of, like, reflecting in my podcasts about, like, making sure that these people that are in their early 20s or late teens are fucking enjoying this shit, man, because that's the thing that I never let myself do when I was really trying is that I was stressing myself out so much about every time I went out, it was about trying to hustle and get people to hear my music or go play a show or make a new connection or whatever. And I stressed myself out on some like, man, why isn't this catching on? Why isn't this happening? Da, 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 da. And so I guess I'm just saying to you as the listener that I apologize if that kind of spiel gets redundant. But at the same time, I don't want to like be preachy to cats, but sometimes I probably come off as preachy. But it's like, you know, I just want people to remember to have a good time while they're doing this shit because better music comes when you're having a good time, even if that music is about like reflecting on the shitty stuff i think that you still have to be able to be having a good time making it for it to resonate like that so yeah i guess i say all this to say that like you know life leads you down different paths you just never know where you're gonna end up and i'm so grateful that this is where i ended up getting to like every time that i hear about an artist that i like i get to figure out a way to sit down and talk with them you know i grew up reading Rolling Stone obsessively because my dad kept that magazine in the house. I grew up going to, you know, the store that, well, we called it the, it was the BX because I was on an Air Force base. I would go to the BX every Tuesday and buy new CDs and shit or try to have one of my parents' friends buy it if it had a parental advisory sticker on it type shit. And now it's like, I get to be Rolling Stone kind of and I get to still listen to new music every time it drops on Friday and then I get to go sit and talk to these cats and that's not where I foresaw my life heading but I'm super grateful that it did and you know so for y'all as the listeners I just hope that y'all motherfuckers understand that your boy is trying. He's trying to relate. He's trying to stay young. He's trying to be up on shit and not feel like a creepy old uncle asking fucking 19-year-old questions, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes that just be it just that's what it is. No, I'm just kidding. Is obviously this was like a perfectly fucking good conversation. So yeah, there's me worrying about job security and my future as an interviewer even though you know I'm in it for the long haul, bro. In it for the long haul. Zane Lowe, he be old as shit, I'm sure. You know, there are other people that are in my field that are just as old, if not older than me. So it'll be cool. I guess I put a weird emphasis on youth because I think all the really great creative movements happen as a youth. You know what I'm saying? And I also, I don't want to steal no energy from the young, man. So anyway, Jelani Arie is the artist today from down in San Diego. I would say for fans of Toro Imoa, for who he shouts out, for fans of Kuko, I would say you'll like him, fans of Brockhampton. This is for the young cats out there, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is going to really appeal to them. I think this dude got a bright future. He seems to be an extreme go-getter, started a crew off of a fucking subreddit, and now they're like, they all like made the trek, they live close to each other they work constantly and he's in the door he's in this door very early in his career and i think that career is only going to grow at an exponential rate so without further ado we're gonna get into the conversation with jelani Arie. You're young. You're just a baby still. Yeah, 19. 19. That's so young. And you must have already been, I would imagine, working on music for some time now. For a couple of years, I started like seriously around 17. That's it? Just two years? Yeah, like after football. Yeah, 17. That was it. Yeah. And that must be kind of a trip to like just start and instantly get noticed, huh? Yeah, it's yeah, still a trip every day. Yeah. To, yeah, people noticing me and just reaching out. 
and like saying how it's affected them is awesome. Yeah. What's interesting to me as an older cat listening to you is I can hear yeah. the, I can hear the influences and the like standing on the shoulders of giants and like mm. I, you know you know like it's interesting for me having grown up and listened to the people that probably influenced Influence. you, yeah. but hearing them when they were new, they still feel new to me. Uh-huh. But those are like your legends, know, probably. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's like the generational trip. Like you shout out Toro Imoa, yeah. you shout out Childish Gambino, and I'm like. Voice. Yeah, and I remember when Toro Imoa dropped, you know what I mean? That's it's crazy, yeah. Yeah. It was Way all, before I was a, yeah, It was only 10 went. years ago. Dang. You were a top, you were a kid, don't get me wrong, yeah. but it like that was my shit, you know? Um, yeah, so it's cool to see like people that I love then go on to influence people that I know the next generation is going to love too. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When did you start listening to that kind of stuff? When did I come across Toro? I think that was like the summer of 2017 when I was with my girlfriend. I think she put me on to like my ex girlfriend. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what for? It was his like more alternative album, mm-hmm. and then I kind of got into uh, "Girl Like You," the more like R and B kind of stuff, and that's that's when I got into Toro. Yeah, right. Yeah, big influence or what? Not so much then. It was just more like tracks to vibe through, yeah. and then I like noticed that he was black and Filipino, and then started watching like interviews and documentaries, and then I was just like, "Yeah, this my dude." Kindred spirits. Yeah, yeah. He just seems like such an outgoing and like friendly person. Yeah, great performer too. I've really? seen him live a couple times. Yeah. I need to see him more. I've only seen him once. Yeah, like a little festival thing. I can't go to festivals. That's the other generational divide. Yeah, like, I get very uh, agoraphobic at festivals. I feel, but, wait, what does that mean? Like <laughs> scared. I, I I don't know. I. I think agoraphobic <laughs> means like scared of crowds or leaving okay. the house or something but Dang. yeah i don't like it yeah i feel it mm-hmm. i don't know i want to go to coachella just because frank but yeah i don't know i don't know see it's that's weird. the thing is like man i wish frank would just do like a show a small venue show yeah. like a tour like just go play the troubadour or something and let Oof. me like let me try to like if camp only. out for a ticket you <laughs> feel me yeah because uh, i can't i can't people um, would die though still yeah for real I, <laughs> but i can't do the like i'm gonna stand behind a million people and listen yeah it's not a I'll it's not a moving up. experience for me i now, feel that you know yeah have you been going to a lot of shows now that um, you're like over 18 not really like i know a lot of people in my community that go to a lot more but i've the last one I think was Flogna. Oh yeah, um, that was cool. And then I've been to a couple of shows at like the Observatory in North Park in San Diego. Yeah, I think I've seen Uzi perform there. Uh, Brock Hampton. Who else? I think Omar Apollo. He was oh, on there yeah. too, right? He he was on on this show as well. That's crazy. Yeah, that's the homie. Um, yeah, that's cool. Those are a couple of them. So, San Diego. That's where you're from. Yes, sir. Yeah, outside of Escondido. Yeah, it's like ten minutes south of Escondido. It's it's a newer community called Forest Ranch. Yeah, yeah. What's the vibe? Very suburban. Um, all the houses look the same. It's really Tra- pretty. Track though. homes and shit. Yeah, yeah, but it's beautiful. Right. Um, they kind gated of rec- community. Not me, no. Okay. Uh, no, I wish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they replace like the grass and stuff with like succulents now. It's kind of sad, but. I don't know. That was but a good for fact. the environment. That's true. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Good for the water crisis yeah. in California. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, born in San Diego or did you guys move there? San Diego whole life. Yeah. yeah. Do your parents have family in San Diego? Um, I think most of them are like in my mom, Santa Maria, mm-hmm. and my dad, like most of them in Ohio and Arizona. Really? So yeah, no one was really out Santa here. Maria, like up north of Santa Barbara? Up no- where yeah. the barbecue comes from? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Love some Santa Maria barbecue. I did not know that. Shout out Tri to. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm dead. Yeah. Is your mom Filipino? My mom's Dad, Filipino. Dad's black? Yes. Yeah. Straight up. Military family? No. Uh, my mom's dad was in the Navy. Okay. Uh, yeah. I grew up with a lot of half Filipino kids because uh-huh. my parents were in the Air Force. Okay. And so since you're down in San Diego, I was like, oh, maybe mom or dad mom. is like in the Navy or the, or the, uh, the Marines or something. Forces, yeah. Yeah. How'd they meet? High school sweethearts, but I think they first met each other in middle school, like eighth grade, mm-hmm. and they started dating in high school, and then they broke up senior year, and then my dad followed my mom out to San Diego when she was going to SDSU, and then ever since then. Oh, you like really know the story. That's well, very just because my dad, <laughs> my dad was telling it to some friends last night, so oh, it was like so fresh in my head. Fresh. <laughs> yeah. So where where were they going to school at in Ohio? Um, no, no, in Marino Valley, like Riverside. Oh, okay. Um, they both went to Moval High School, and then, yeah, my mom went to SDSU, and then my dad went to Mesa College. 
Uh-huh. In San Diego. Yeah. Okay. They're probably my age. That's the trippy part. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking weird to me that I like have to talk to kids where I'm like, oh, yeah. What's up? I'm your fucking... I'm, 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 I'm your, your middle-aged neighbor. Yeah, no shit. Did they have you when you were young? Or when they were young? <laughs> uh, they were 25, so I, yeah. I don't know. Is that... They're probably like three years older than me, literally. That's Maybe. Wild. Yeah. So with cool young parents yes, like yes. that... Did you have cool young music that you grew up around listening to in the house? I, yeah, I did. My dad would play a lot of like Kanye. I remember like College Dropout was the first project that really stuck out. That's so tight. And then like my mom would just play, my mom and my auntie would play a lot of the stuff from like the radio. So that'd be like Akon, Gwen Stefani, uh, fucking Sean Kingston. Yeah. <laughs> All of those. Uh, what is his name? James Blunt, like that Your Beautiful song yeah. was like my thing. I would always sing that. Shout out James Blunt. He's very funny on Twitter. <laughs> really? Yeah. I need to check know? that out. I no. think, yeah, he's pretty funny on Twitter. Okay. So you grew up like listening to, you had dad is playing the rap shit, mom's yep. playing the pop shit, and lo and behold, that's kind of the amalgamation of your music. That's very it's a, true. It's a definite mixture of like rap and pop. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Did you grow up doing the San Diego things? Like everyone thinks San Diego is like a, this crazy beach community and everybody's like so mm. liberal and cool. But... Not really. For me, I would always really just be inside either playing video games or reading a book. But like, yeah, I would n not go outside that much unless my auntie was taking me places like the beach or museums mm -hmm. and stuff. Brothers and sisters? No, I was the only child until 2011. Oh, so you have like a baby brother? Yeah. Yeah, right. Eleven years apart. Okay, yeah. So basically, you feel like only, only child. Then. Yeah. How was it when your brother was born? Were you like, what the fuck? It was amazing. Yeah. You know, Cause like I prayed for a baby brother and like a sibling for like seven years. Really? Yeah. And then once I got him, it was like it was amazing. That's so cool. That's my dude. And you're like at an age where you can be aware enough to be like, I need to be a good influence on yes, this dude. Yes. Yes. I feel like I'm not there enough for him. I don't know. That kind of got, like, super serious. Nah. But, <laughs> Why yeah. don't you feel like you're there? Now? I just, like, want to hang out with him more. Probably, like, play video games with him more. Just, like, even though he's always on his iPad, I feel like I could just, like, take him out and do other brother shit. Yeah. Yeah. Do you try to drop gems on him occasionally? Just, like, hey, man. Music gems. Yeah. And, like, this is what you should be listening to, but not, like, life gems. I should probably be doing that, too. That's, like, from my dad. My dad's that dude. Like, right. Yeah. Well, and you're still too young to have a lot of life gems, probably, too. That's, but, yeah, yeah. music gems. Here's the thing. <laughs> Your little brother, man, he's probably going to look at you like a deity. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, mm. yo, here's my fucking cool-ass brother. People on the internet be knowing this for. <laughs> they listen to his music. He tells me about cool music. Like, your brother is going to be lucky enough to be, like, the coolest kid in high school who mm. has, like, a, you know, oh, there's my brother. He's, like, playing Camp Flognon now. Damn. You feel me? Mm. What was your first video game system? Ooh, I think PS2. That's, like, the one that I remember the most. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, Madden. I was a Madden kid. Because you're a football player. Yeah. Was dad a football player? Dad was a basketball player, but he played football a little bit. But, like, his main sport is basketball. Yeah. And what year did you get into, like, peewee football? Ooh. I started at flag. Okay. Um, but I think peewee... <laughs> That's when you put the pads on now, right? It's peewee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or junior peewee. Okay. Um, and that was, like, 20... 2009? 2010, around there, probably. And did you excel... Quickly, were you, a, like, a football kid? Yeah, I was just small, but, yeah. like, I don't know, I was... You played in the backfield, or would you play? I played running back, slot, all, like, the kind of fast positions, yeah. um, safety, corner. Yeah, right. Yeah. What did you prefer, offense or defense? In youth football, a lot more offense, and then in, like, high school defense. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder about the dynamic of, like, junior high and high school nowadays. Sure. Like, did being a football player define you to an extent? or Oh, were... uh, yeah. It did? Yeah, that's all, like, everyone knew me and my friends as kind of like the football dudes. And, and were I... you dressed like football kids? Like, you're always walking around, like, shorts mm. with tights underneath them and fucking <laughs> a lot of my friends wife were. beaters and shit? A lot of my friends were, but I would try to add, like, the touch of style yeah. or fashion sometimes. But I would also dress like that with, like, the tights and fucking basketball shorts and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so people knew you guys were the jocks. That's Yeah. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Get, damn. Yeah. But did you always kind of feel different from the jocks? Yeah. I just, 
me and my friend KJ, we never like thought of ourselves as jocks. We're like nerdy dudes into like video games and like music and shit too. So it's just like, I don't know. But other people, like we've heard people like call us like the football group or the jocks. Yeah, shit, right, so, right. Yeah. As you're navigating through like junior high and high school and you're like the football dude, but yeah. then you start to realize like you and your boy KJ, like, oh, I feel like maybe this isn't my shit yeah. and I would rather concentrate on this music thing that I love. Yeah. Does that create a internal conflict? Mm. Uh, did you start to feel like you're drifting in two different directions from your friends or what happens? Yeah, that happened too. So after... It was definitely like an external conflict too with my dad and like the whole Where We Go song, how that came about. Mm -hmm. But then after that came out, like I would no longer hang out with my football group. I would just go with KJ. We would be off like to another table and just like kind of bouncing around with other like groups of just kids and different styles and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was it was weird after like not playing football anymore, just chilling. Was your dad bummed? Hella. He was so bummed. Man, when I, I remember like, I remember telling my dad that I wanted to quit playing basketball to, so that I could have more time to snowboard when I was in high yeah. school, and he was, like, devastated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he was, like, six foot seven ass dude. Yeah. He was like, you should be good at basketball. I was good at basketball. And I'm like, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. So what, how did your dad react? Mm, at first, like, I told him at Cheesecake Factory. Um, <laughs> and he was like, why are you trying to fight oh, a cheesecake? You oh, know I love coming here. <laughs> No. Over fettuccine. And, um, <laughs> and like, after I told him, like, yeah, I no longer want to play football anymore, he would, he just wouldn't talk to me for a while. And, like, that's my dude. Like, yeah. I could tell my dad anything. Like, he's my best friend. Yeah. And then after that happened, I just, like, I don't know what to do. So I wrote Where We Go, like, that night, uh -huh. crying in my bed and shit. Uh -huh. And then ever since then, kind of, like, music's been going up and... That was, like, what, two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. 2017. So, did it just kind of fade away and things got back to normal? Or did you guys have to really, like, talk it out? No, it kind of just fizzled out. And yeah. he, like, kind of saw how it was affecting other people and, like, how my music was just reaching. Yeah. And then he's just like, yeah, this is this is what you're meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope that he, like, understands now. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. What did your mom think? My mom was on board for me quitting football. She's like, this is my baby. I don't want him getting all banged up. Fuck yeah. Yeah, because I've yeah. had like three concussions. Like my <laughs> hip was fucked. Yeah. Just a bunch of stuff. It's a sport that really beats the shit out of you, man. Yes, and indeed. like the more, the longer that it goes on and the more the science that comes out, I'm like, mm. you know, I used to really like cry to my mom about like, why won't you let me play football? Why won't <laughs> yeah. you let me play football? And then I played for two seasons and I broke my ankle and I was like, yo, fuck football. <laughs> I'm not playing football anymore. These practices are Damn, too hard. Yes. And I like, I hate dude, I like thank the, the heavens that I broke my, had I, had I not broke my ankle, I had like, in two years, I had at least two concussions. Yeah. And like, yeah. I would have kept playing had I not broke my ankle just yeah. from the peer pressure. Yeah. You feel I me? I feel that. And I would be an, even more of a knucklehead at this point. I yeah. Feel like. I want to get a brain scan because like, I don't know how, what that's done. Right. I know those are expensive, but like somewhere in my life, I want to do that <laughs> yeah just see like what it looks like from a few years of playing yeah i think other football players should do that too for real so i guess let's just get into the music part then yeah. because like yeah you're so young like you're that's that's life to this point is yeah. just the music shit so beyond kanye beyond the people that you listed like what was the record or the mm -hmm. artist where you're like ooh, this yeah. this fucking speaks to me and this makes me feel like i want to get into this childish gambino that was it because the internet because like, the internet he was like I don't know, he was speaking like as me, I felt like. Mm -hmm. And then just the whole world that he painted for us and making like films and the whole screenplay for it was just insane. I was like, I need to do this and give this to people. Like I want to make some whole experience for someone. Mm -hmm. like, that was like that multifaceted, multimedia yeah. artist. Like, like that's what really So many to. sounds, so many like topics in his music. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. So what does that look like? Do you start like freestyling as a kid or you start putting on YouTube and trying to like... Me? Yeah. yeah. It would be just singing to, like, the radio or then going on YouTube and, like, looking at lyrics or music videos and just, like, dancing in my room and stuff like that. Yeah. Were your dreams of being sort of, like, alternative pop or were you, like, I want to be, like, a pop star, like, I want to be on the radio? Like, Shoot, what, what were the first I really ideas? I wasn't even looking like that. Nah. Just, I don't even know. I kind of was just trying to make music in the moment. Um, but I've never really dreamed of being, like, a pop star. Yeah. More like in the indie and like just yeah. making what I love and not having like compromise and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
but did you pick yeah. up any instruments no i want to i just bought a bass nice <laughs> so hopefully i could play that on stage and learn how to yeah. add like licks to my songs so how do you start meeting the circle of friends that kind of help you develop your sound yeah well that came with not being able to like produce and stuff mm-hmm. and not having anyone in my like community to talk about talk music about so i went to reddit mm-hmm. and i went to brockhampton subreddit odd future and frank ocean yeah. and asked um the people on there if anyone wants to make a group just like those that's so with crazy. like no genre and just making beautiful sounds yeah and then the guys that responded to that are like half of the dudes in rbti and then the other half just came from like divine intervention i like to say rbti is raised by the internet raised by the internet and that's yeah. your that's your click that's your crew that's my brothers yeah it's again sorry to keep aging myself but it's such a trip to like see um the cycles of history repeat themselves so mm. quickly now because of the internet. the internet like since you guys are raised by the internet to me brockhampton still feels like the new odd future yeah. which feels like odd future is still a thing to me yeah. like uh, like you know what i mean because odd future that they broke in 2010 you know yeah. that's like 10 years ago now yeah. but brockhampton that was so they they crazy. were like yo i want we want to make something like odd future and Dude. they did it on an internet forum you yeah, know what i'm just, saying i think they did it on the kanye to the kanye to the yeah and so it's like and so you went on a Brockhampton one, and it's just like the whole thing is so meta that's that so my cool. head is like fizzling inside. Yeah, yeah. I feel it. <laughs> it's really funny. What's the acronym again? RTB. R-B-T-I. No, RBTI guys. Yeah, some people say Ribbit sometimes. Ribbit. Oh, that's yeah, nice. I don't I don't like know. That. Are the Ribbit guys um, <laughs> spread throughout the country, or did you happen to find dudes that are local? They were, yes. Yeah. So are you cool with me like saying where everyone was from? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, so you Jack. Do whatever you want to do. Oh, thank you. Okay, so Jack Colby, my producer, or like the guy who I work with the most, is yeah. from Arizona. Uh-huh. Troy Blank is from the Valley. Um, Giddy is from Maryland. Jasper Typical is from Portland. Will Pratt, who's a mixer, is from Connecticut. Rob Midnight is from South Florida. Um, Aaron is from. Oh, I think he's from Florida as well, but he. Where was he living with them? Pittsburgh, yes. Uh-huh. And then, am I missing? Asha is from Marino Valley. Do Asha's parents know your parents? They don't, but we're like, <laughs> we have some family members that are like... Close. Yes. Yeah. We're like kind of cousins. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, on the subreddit. On the subreddit. How long does it take before you boil it down to this group of Ooh, individuals? Shit. Is it a while? Yeah, actually it did. Like, there was a bunch of random people that don't even remember their names anymore but so you were like the head of voltron you don't get that reference that's fine but you were like the I dude do, i do okay you were voltron's the du- tight as hell okay my so dad loves voltron there you go you were the <laughs> dude who was like i want to make a group who wants to be in yes okay so you were the brainchild of this yes or this was your brainchild i guess and sure. so do people just start reaching out to you via yeah. private message or is it all in the subreddit it was in like the comments okay yeah i didn't know how to use reddit then, i still so I was- don't to be <laughs> honest yeah. i don't think i've used it since then yeah. either um, but yeah, just like the guys who replied there, I think I gave them like a discord link or something. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they just hopped in. We would like send music, send influences and just talk really and get to know each other. Had you had demos at that point that you could send and be like, this is kind of the vibe. I think I had one song out. Yeah. We were really just like inspired and sending each other like other people's musics and stuff that we wanted to make. So you guys like are the almost main drive. You guys are almost making like an audio mood board. Yeah. Of like this is what we want to sound yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. And so who are some of the acts that the other guys are sending? Because I'm sure that you're throwing in Shoot. Childish and Toro and these yeah. guys. I remember Mills used to send like a lot of young lean um, kind of artists more in that lane. Um, like cloud rap type yeah. shit. Yeah. Um. That was, like, a lot of the early stuff in RBT. I was inspired by that. Um, I can't really, like, remember too many. Yeah. But they were just, like, kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Aaron, like, brings a lot of, like, prog rock now and stuff, like, weird, like, classical references and stuff. Everyone's taste is all over the place. How did you figure out who could bring what to the table? Was that, like, part of their application process? Like, oh, hey, I'm so-and-so, and and I know how to mix. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they would say. Did you have a list of, like, people that you need to check off? Like, hey, we need a graphic designer. Check, we need this. We didn't have a list of that, but they had, like, their name or whatever their tag under, like, when they sent uh, the comments in under Reddit. Okay. Yeah, and then on, like, Discord, we would have them under, like, mixer, producer, and, like, yeah, different categories. Okay, and without throwing anybody under the bus, were yes. there people where you're like, okay, 
there are three mixers. We got to pick the best one. Yes. So they, so it was a job it was, interview. It really. was yeah. It was kind of easier though to like kick people out early on because you could see who's serious and who's yeah, not. Yeah. 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 And we just didn't form like that relationship. Yeah. We didn't. Yeah. So this is all taking place about like two years ago. Yeah. Twenty. And- I think 2017 oh yeah 2017 well yeah okay it still feels like 2019 to me but yeah you're right we're living in the future now uh so three years ago and you guys are all keeping contact on discord was there ever a point where you were like let's have a ribbit gathering somewhere I think or was it like we're all too broke for that oh we that was like the main goal but yes we were all too broke yeah um but yeah Brockhampton was just like the main model I think after we saw one of their documentaries, we just wanted to get a house in L.A. And most of the dudes live in L.A. now, um, okay. like Echo Park. Yeah. Um, one's in like Culver City, one's at USC, and I'm back at home. But mainly everyone's here now. Okay. So it made it happen. <laughs> so everybody moved out here? Yeah. How? I, I don't know. Just like a, a dollar of, and a dream, or are they all out here for school? That, school, family. Yeah. Like some have... Uh, really good money. <laughs> yeah. Their parents are, like, doing well. Oh, that's cool. Um, but, yeah, it's just all those. That's tight. And yeah. so was everybody, when you met them in real life, what you expected? Or did it, was anybody a surprise? No, they were, yeah, they were all what I expected. We would always, like, call, too, okay. like, on FaceTime and, like, Skype and shit. But, so you knew people's personalities. Yeah, but just to, like, see them in person was surreal. Like, the first time I met Troy, it was the weekend of Fognal 2017. We met on Fairfax, and it was just, like, surreal. Like, this dude is, like, I feel like a mirror image of me. We had a super, like, similar upbringing, like, sports and then going to music and stuff like that. So it was just cool having him in person. And, like, this is, I could already tell he was going to be my brother, like, lifelong brother right mm-hmm. when I met him there. Were you guys getting picked up by online outlets like pretty instantly or did that take time? It, I think the Pigeons and Planes thing was random because we had this member in our group, Avery. Shout out Avery. That's my dude. Um, he sent, I think, my song Delusions to Pigeons and Planes mm-hmm. and it took like a couple months for them to find it. Find it. Through all the emails that they get. Yeah. Sure. yeah. And then after that, they, I think they were like set to release Suburban Destinesia or do something about like my first EP, and that took a couple months too. Um, but then after that, that's kind of when like the publication started. Did management find you through blog posts? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And so I hate to get too much into the business no, shit, but good. I wonder like was there bidding wars? Did you talk to multiple people, or was it just like oh, they nah. found us first? No, nah, it was yeah. just like that connection i just felt like this is my person it started with a niche like the old manager brock hampton uh-huh. um i think he found us after the pigeons article and then he linked me with eric and abdullah my present uh, managers right now oh yeah yeah so a niche hit you up yeah were you boy. like i was freaking out i was gonna say <laughs> yeah i was freaking out was yeah like, this guy is the manager of brock hampton right <laughs> yeah that's so really crazy cool at the time and roy blair too shout out roy yeah that's crazy um, that's really interesting. Yeah, I would imagine that day would be like a little bit of jumping around at yes. the clubhouse. Like, yes. oh my God. Definitely. Yeah. Have you got to meet any of the Brockhampton guys yet? Yeah. Uh, after their show, they also like, they pulled me on stage for their song Star. That was like surreal. Just like in my hometown, got to like crowd surf. With the, oh, that was tight. That's tight. <laughs> I don't know why I had to say that. But after I met them, Kevin's super cool. He's just like a chill dude. Super friendly. Um, who else we meet? Joba's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're tight. To sort of emulate that path and go like these guys did it the right way, and I'm gonna try to do that, and then getting to get that sort of validation of like, oh wow, I'm on like stage with them now. Like, what's that moment like for you? Hmm. I don't know. It's just surreal. Like, I didn't see that happening. Um, but yeah, it's just like, wow, this is life right now. <laughs> like I'm on stage next to Rockhampton. This is crazy. Like the dudes that started this and gave us like the first initial like push and spark, and like we're with them. And yeah, know, it was just yeah. Shit, shit comes full circle, man. For real, it comes full circle. In Ribbit is what I'm gonna keep calling it. Yes, I like that. I love it. <laughs> How many different artists do you guys concentrate on? I've really only heard your shit to be honest sure. to this point but yeah. i would imagine you guys are working on other various 
everyone has makeups. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has like their debut album coming out. Like Asha, he's releasing another project. I don't know if I can reveal the title, so I yeah, won't. don't. Yeah. Um, so he has an album. Troy Blank has his album coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Jasper Typical, Giddy. Everyone has like their project. So we're kind of putting off like our group stuff to next year because this is like our own year to really make a mark and like just make a name for ourselves out in the world solo yeah and then you guys do have like a full collaborative effort that you'll put forth once all the individuals start making a little noise let me ask you a hypothetical what's that because i love armchair a and ring right and i've been and i've been watching and studying and been around the music stuff for so long yeah hypothetically Hypothetically. if one of you or your or your crew members were to like absolutely blow up Mm -hmm. right which happens sometimes somebody puts out a record and it fucking blows up and they have people pulling them in another direction that goes like hey you're leaving these guys behind Mm. like you don't have room for them like would you support or would you be pissed I would support. That's tough. No, yeah, I would support though, because it's like, I feel like that's their dream. That's what they really want to do. Even though it's gonna like ruin our relationship, I feel like it's for the better for him Mm -hmm. personally or whoever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, What if it's you? What do you do at that point? Damn it! Your fucking crewmates are gonna listen to this shit. I know. (laughs) Oh. Let's say your next EP catches fucking hot fire and you're, you know, co-headlining the next Flogna or something, right? I don't... Hypothetically. And, you know, people are pulling you in different directions and going, look, man, you're the star and these are your backup dancers now. Like, how do you feel? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) This sucks. I can't ever leave my dudes. Yeah. Well, so then that's the answer. You yeah. couldn't leave your dudes. Yeah, you can't got, leave You got to figure out how to bring them along, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's going to happen. That's a good answer. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I don't... I just can't think of anything else. Like, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that shit happens a lot in the music industry, man, particularly with the big groups. You know, it, and it is. It's what broke up on Future, I would say. Yeah. That's the thing <laughs> about the big groups. It's like a blessing and a curse. The blessing in that you have so many people to bounce ideas off of and so many um, different tools in the cabinet um, that can that can help sharpen the sword, you yeah. know? But at the same time, yeah, there's always that risk that someone's going to be like the more breakaway talent that's more marketable than the rest. And, yeah. I, you know, I think that's what breaks up every group eventually. Yeah. So, I feel that. this is me giving you that gem going yeah. like, hey, man, be careful of that I shit. And keep those bonds strong, For you know real. what I'm saying? Because these are going to be the best years of your life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, right now, when all the music stuff is still a learning experience yeah. and everything feels new, nothing feels formulaic yet, sure. and you're creating these bonds with these dudes is the best time of your life Mm -hmm. and you're not going to know that until you're my age yeah so enjoy it now Mm. because i just told you that thank you all right yeah okay (laughs) yes no thank you my dad tells me that too just like live that's it you think you're like an adult too much you're just like yeah just go out and wild out that's what i need to do more of and like remind other kids my age to do like get off your phone just get out go crazy yeah don't go too crazy but go crazy I feel like I already know the answer to this, but do you have any hobbies outside of music? Yes. You uh, do? Well, I like to... Re- <laughs> oh, this makes me sound lame. No, it's not lame. <laughs> I, I get it. I was a 19-year-old obsessed with music at one point, too. And that's all, yeah. that's like, that is your hobby. That is your yeah. life. And I and I didn't have any hobbies until I got much older, so... Yeah. But- I, like, <laughs> I like to read. Yeah. Um, Go to the meditation garden, spend time at like Encinitas, like the beach city. That's tight. Just walk around. Um, what do you read? A lot of Murakami right now. It's kind of infused with like topics of like metaphysical and like spirituality. I kind of like that stuff. Um, and like Japan, I really want to go there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what else? Other books like Be Here Now by Ram Dass. That's kind of more like a, not a ritual, but like a every week kind of read. Just to remind me how to like go through life and stuff. Um, but yeah. 
those are some of like the things I read. And other things are just like magazines or interviews. Yeah. Or do you stay super up on like the music, pop culture stuff? Are you like yeah. uh, like Fader and fucking Pigeons playing? Not really. No. Yeah. No, I mean I'll see it from time to time on like my Instagram yeah. and stuff, but I'm not like up on like trying to see who the next person is. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah. Meditate and then the meditation garden. Do you go like fucking sit down and do ohms and stuff? I do. Yeah. I How's do that? that? It's beautiful. Nice. I love it. <laughs> Can you turn your brain off? Sometimes. Man, I cannot. I I've like tried meditating before. It's so hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like inside of my, just, my head is like a, I don't know, yeah. just a, like a wilding cocaine addict fucking brain or something <laughs> that doesn't do cocaine. It's just like, I'm like so spaced out. I feel it. Yeah. Um, I, like I wish I could turn it off more. Hmm. We should go. Just sitting in silence. Let's, it, let's go to Encinitas. You got to come out. I should. I would love to go to Encinitas. I've heard it's a beautiful place. It's great. It's a little rich for my blood. I don't know if I could afford to even park there, but <laughs> it's a beautiful spot. Um, <laughs> what was your first live show that you performed? Oh, okay. I think my first live show, oh, it was not last year. It was 2018, downtown San Diego at like a coffee shop. It was like a so far show. Okay. So there was just like... Oh, it's like a YouTube show where yeah, they come and film like and everything? they sit on the ground. That's your first show ever? selected people. How does yeah. that happen? Is that through, like, management, know somebody at SoFar, and they're like, this is going to be a TV show? I think that's how it happened, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I feel no. like Billie Eilish's first show might have been a SoFar show. Like, really? They had her on at some point. Yeah. yeah. How was it? It was really cool. Um, it was just, like, a little acoustic set. Me and Jack, he was just on his guitar, and we were playing, like... Lavender Love, Where We Go, those type of songs. Mm-hmm. But it was, it translates super well in those kind of environments, like coffee shops. Is it a lot of, do friends and family show up? Some, yeah, like aunties. Yeah. We could only get a few in because it's like a ticketed thing. It was kind of oh, okay. weird. But, okay, cool. Yeah. And as you perform the first time, is there a moment of clarity where you're like, this is what I want to fucking do every night? Not there. No? When no. did that happen? Or did, has it happened? Yeah, it has. Okay. Just recently, though. Yeah. Like, we were at a high school performing at Brophy. And, like, just the energy that the high schoolers and, like, other people that were there were bringing and just, like, showing love to us. I was like, okay, wow. This is crazy. They were already familiar with the music? Yeah. I was not expecting that. They were, like, singing it back, like, Daunt and stuff. I was just like, wow, okay. Is it going like San Diego viral? Like, are you are you becoming a little bit of a local hero down there? I don't know. No, I hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny because when I listen day. to the record, I'm like, oh, this is a dude that probably be playing like garage shows or backyard shows in SD, yeah, and like I lo- should be doing more of those. You should, man. That'd be sick. Damn. Sometimes I hear like uh, a little bit of like cuckoo vibes, you know, oh, sure. in your shit with, with like the kind of like mild mannered indie heartthrob type shit yeah, that yeah. would translate really well to like a backyard show yeah. where there's like a bunch of screaming 16 year olds <laughs> going like, oh, Jelani. You know what That's I'm saying? True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, throw, like I'm just that. throwing out ideas oh, for you here. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, uh, you guys can pay yeah. me the marketing fees later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> So how how many shows do you think you've played at this point? Can you still count them on oh, one Oh, yeah, hand? yeah, yeah. Simply, uh, like, three. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. Oh, man. You guys, four. four. Wait, where's the fourth one? Oh, in New York. Wait, okay, wait. So it was the So Far show in San Diego, and then it was the New York one. The Ro- Oh, yeah, it was four. Wow. The Roxy? Oh, is that stupid. One? Yeah, the Roxy was in L.A. Uh, yeah. That was, of course it's in L.A. Um, that was in December, December or November. November 16th of last year, and then I did one at Chelsea Music Hall, I think in October. Yeah. And then the Brophy one, which is like a week ago. So yeah, four. I just don't know how to count. It's got to be kind of weird now coming up in the music game because the internet does work so fast. Yeah. I know that you were raised by it, but <laughs> the internet does move so fast now that like, yeah, the music catches on before you get a chance to like get your stage chops up. Yeah. And so people who are already fans of your music are, are watching you have to learn how to perform st- live. Yeah. Whereas when I was your age, you know, back in my day, <laughs> before you whippersnappers... <laughs> Whatever. The internet didn't move that fast. And so it was like, yeah, we would post our songs online, but we would have 
you know, years yeah, to like play, to open for shows. Sure. Like, you know, every show that All would come in, you just stuff. send spam emails to the sure. fucking people who run the venue and get your chops up. And so then yeah. by the time you finally did have a song that somebody liked, Damn. you like were a G on stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what's up. It didn't pay off though. You know, don't get me wrong. Like your, mm. your way is probably the right way. You mm. feel me? But do you feel um, scared or intimidated by that when you're on stage of like, oh man, I'm, I hope these people that know the words aren't like disappointed by my stage presence? Not really yeah i mean at least the last few shows i kind of just clear my head and try to stay energetic and like hyped i don't yeah try to think at all is that your stage persona is like kind of hyped and like let's jump and no or you just like stand in front of a mic i mean maybe sometimes but yeah most of it's standing in front of the mic kind of just like small little movements and like grooving yeah bro i mean dude you're like a dreamy heartthrob you gotta (laughs) just like have a fucking rose in your mouth you know (laughs) throw it to somebody and shit that's the damn that's the spot right there um (laughs) but yeah all the other members i would say are that hype bring the energy type dudes do any of them have performance backgrounds where they were like maybe playing coffee shops in Um, in their hometowns jasper typical will do a couple shows his dad also owned like a venue called the meow meow in portland Mm -hmm. that i think a lot of people would play at um but yeah out of the crew who do you think is the most phenom of a producer who's the one that's going to produce you guys as smashes Ooh, I think Jack Colby. Yeah. And maybe I'm biased because I work closely with him, but, like, that dude is actually a genius, and he really puts a lot of time and, like, effort into his work. Is that who produced most of the last record? Yeah. And so you guys have a really good working relationship? Yeah, we good, do. F- good flow? Yeah. What is the process like? Is it it's, he sends you a blank beat, you send it back with maybe some ideas? Idea of vocals, yeah, over, like, Google Drive. Or yeah. then sometimes I'll just be at like in his dorm or at his house in arizona and just do like scratch takes over a beat or while he's making stuff just have the mic and do weird shit yeah so oh so you'll make the trip out to arizona and go every now yeah yeah. no shit that's tight because his house is like a hotel like i wish i could live there one day it's just beautiful really yeah is it just out in the desert or what i think it's like in the middle of like phoenix yeah um there's a lot of big houses around it too um, but it just feels like, what is it, the Clapping for the Wrong Reasons film that Bino made? It just feels like, I don't know, feels l- luxurious and like minimalist in the same sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Tell me about growing up black and Filipino. Yeah. Do you have Filipino family that you're close with? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot, yeah, yeah. Do you speak any Tagalog? Um, no. No. I know like pogi and the simple words just that mean like pretty and Pogi doesn't mean pretty. I think that's, like, cute, just to clarify. Right, um, right. But I mean, do you be fucking up some panse and, and... Hell yeah, yeah. panse, lumpia, yeah. adobo, all that yeah. shit. Grandma cooks or what? Or does your mom cook? My mom cooks sometimes. Yeah. My aunt, Lola, all of them. My wife is half Filipino. Oh, what? Yeah, she's a peanut. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, my mother-in-law, woo, the lumpia. Hell yeah. Yeah, every time we go, she'll whip up some panse. Yeah, That I, sounds amazing right now. Yeah. And then... The black side of your family, they're based in Ohio, you said? Um, Most of them. But then, like, my dad's parents are based out of Arizona. Okay. Yeah. And so do you see so them like, frequently? Mean, I do. Yeah. At least, like, three times a year. Yeah, right. I don't know if that's frequently, but, yeah, I feel like it's a good amount. Being of mixed ethnicity, did you feel pulled to or drawn to one side more than the other as a kid did you no. feel more black or more filipino Mm-mm. or you're just like i'm a i'm just vibing yeah right right <laughs> yeah. yeah the record that came out last year helvetica yes. how did you come up with the title how long did you work on it um okay so that mainly was like over the course of the summer of last year and i came up with the title by just like really just paying attention like going in trains or in cars just seeing how prevalent is that the right word like helvetico is like is and used in like businesses and like target and everywhere it's just everywhere right um and i don't know what really like inspired me to use that i had like this whole meaning for it but it's kind of like escaping me right now but um i don't know i just like the word and how it looks yeah yeah and how long do you feel like it took before you directly felt the buzz behind it did it feel anticlimactic at first and then and then some kind buzz of. started to catch? Or was it like you start hearing about like, oh, this is popping instantly? Um I don't even know if Helvetica itself is like ever kind of 
popped or like yeah but like songs on it like jet fuel and patagonia have done really well, well and reached yeah. people yeah but yeah i don't know if it's ever like got to that you feel like it slept on kind of yeah. yeah but it's also my fault because like i don't know it's just kind of all over the place and like you think it's all over the place yeah i just feel like i could have done a better job really because yeah. I mean, because that's the thing is that when I have people on the like show... Like, artists always say that, though, too. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, that's a very humble thing to say. I think a lot, some artists have their head way up their ass. But uh, I would say, like, usually when I invite people on the show, it's because after I hear a song, mm-hmm. I'll listen to the record, and if it sounds, like, cohesive and, like, there's some thought put into it, then I yeah. go, oh, this is someone that's going to be around a while. Mm. I try not to have people on the show where it's, like oh, they've got this song sure. and they're of this moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I like, and so when I hear, awesome. when I listened to it, I thought it was very cohesive. I really? didn't think it was all over the place. No. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think it sounded like you went in with an idea and you completed that idea. Mm. You don't feel that way? No. Does the next shit feel that way yes. too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why I'm saying that too. In yeah. in what way? Does it differ? Just I'm more like confident with myself and like I feel like there's just more intention behind everything now. And, like, I know my influence is going into it and how, like, I want the structure to be and just, like, the feelings that I want to get across. So, yeah, it's just, like, yeah. I feel like this one, I just have a better head on my shoulders now. So you're you're growing up. Yes. I look forward to continuing to watch you grow up. Thank you so much. (laughs) I feel like I I did this interview very, like, we we did this show very early on in your development. Uh. And I like doing that. I like being early, but at some point, couple albums down the line you'll have to stop back in and talk about the growth process because i'm sure the next few years are just going to be like exponential for you right Mm. um so yeah stop back in don't be a stranger we'll do another one of these at some point because i would love to hear about when you're at 400 shows instead of four shows that sounds insane and tell me if you know what i mean like if you're still enamored with it Mm. you know or if it just feels like a job at that point because i'm really interested in that yeah. Kind of development too, man. Oh yeah, I'm coming back. Yeah, for sure. Jelani, tell the people how to find you online. Okay, so my socials are Jelani Arye. That's J-E-L-A-N-I-A-R-Y-E-H on both Instagram and Twitter. And then just Jelani Arye on YouTube. You could search that up. Um, but yeah. I know now that I've been saying your name wrong in my head this whole time because I thought it was Jelani Arya. Oh, and that, shit, and it's all good. R.E.A. R.E.A., yes. All right, Jelani R.E.A. <laughs> and you can find him wherever you listen to music. Yes, sir. Uh, very Googleable name, I would say. Um, plenty of stuff across all your DSPs, so your Spotify's and your iTunes and all that. Well, Apple Music now. Uh, yes, yes. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> you can find his records and singles, all over those. Definitely worth a listen. He stopped by and performed... I told you I'm terrible with Patagonia. songs. Patagonia. Patagonia. God damn it. I'm so bad with song names. I always have to ask the people even <laughs> after I've watched the performance. Look for him on our YouTube channel, Performing Patagonia. Thanks for coming by. Thank you for I having me. I appreciate it. I'm ready to tell everybody that I was like, oh, yeah, those kids that you think are the new Brockhampton, yeah, I had them on first, <laughs> you know? So shout out to Raised by the Internet. Sweet. My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can follow me online at It's Intuition. You can follow us as a unit at Kinda Neat. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Kinda Neat. YouTube.com slash Kinda Neat where you are going to see Jelani R.E.A. perform Patagonia. And other than that, I think we did what we came to do. Thank you for stopping by, young man. I appreciate it. And um, I'll be back. You're going to have to try to keep that that beautiful wig of hair dry outside now that it's pouring rain, bro. Oh, dang. Put a hood on. Put a hood on. I wish I had a hood. Patagonia fleeces. There you go. <laughs> That's it. That was Jelani. I'm Lee, and this was kind of neat. Yeah.